It's me, Miss Kadabra. Over here at Smoke to Smoke, it fills me with absolute joy and excitement to bring you product reviews and interviews with amazing guests each week. And now, the show has a sponsor that's equally as excited to bring you more great content in 2023. Stand back and make way for the new sponsor, Caligars. Caligars is an up-and-coming heavy hitter in the cannabis industry. We're talking about Blunt and Joint Roller Central over here as these guys have Blunt and Keith Glue in seven different flavors, Joint Rollers, Canagar Packing Kits, Glass and Wood Tips, Cones and Cannons, Blunt Wraps, and so much more. If you want to up your rolling game, head on over to Caligars.com and don't forget to use the code CADABRA23 to save yourself 10% off your future purchases. That's C-A-D-A-B-R-A-2-3 to save yourself 10% off. Hello and welcome to Smoke to Smoke, the show that'll get you in the know about smoke and drill. I'm your host, Kadabra. With this podcast, I hope to inform you about the fast-growing world of cannabis. I'll be discussing strains, cannabis legislation, groundbreaking studies on the herb, and much more because there's a lot to cover. This podcast is for listeners 18 and up, so if you're a little kid, I might have to ask you to leave for now, but when it's your time, I'll be here and just feel free to hop on back in. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's get started. Hello again. For this episode of Smoke to Smoke, I'll be talking with the creator of Deliciously Dope TV and the Daily Chronicles to find out more about his passion for cannabis and his podcast. Before we get started, though, I have a quick disclaimer. While I make an immense effort to broadcast accurate information, I am not a doctor. I am simply presenting my views based on what I gathered from my own research. Please do not use this podcast as medical advice, and be sure to consult your physician for any medical issues you may be having. Thank you. Now let's light up and dig in. Hello, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Can you start out by telling us how you're doing today and what you're smoking on? Hey, I'm doing really well, really well. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, I'm smoking on a little bit of, uh, it's dozy dough. Yeah, dozy dough. Ah, nice. I had some banana sour dosi um a few days ago, and it's a re- I really like those dosi strains. I uh, huge fan of the dosi strains. Um, the smells, terpene profiles, taste, you know, the feel of everything is just on point. Yeah, it's something that I've really gotten more familiar with lately, and I I really like the effects with those strains. Yeah, the effects are the effects are definitely nice. Um, the taste I believe is really where it's at. Um. My background taste is important, you know? Yeah. So can you start out by introducing yourself to the folks at home? Yeah, my name is Rodney Leinhardt. Um, chef, cook, writer, whatever moniker you want to give me. Um, I, uh, I'm the author of the upcoming book, The Why Restaurant. I'm the owner, proprietor, and creator and uh, devilish mind behind the podcast, The Daily Chronicles, and the show upcoming, you know, soon, uh, Deliciously Dope, A Journey into the World of Culinary and Cannabis. Oh, okay. So your main show is The Daily Chronicles? Yeah, yeah. The main podcast, we do it every week, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. 
Okay, so when did y'all start up? Oh man, now that's uh, that's a little bit more difficult to to, to answer, but <clears throat> so. A couple years ago, I was invited to be in a podcast out of Boston called In the Weeds Podcast with Joe Smith. And, oh, okay. uh, you know, I was like, OK, that's cool. You know, they wanted a food perspective with all things cannabis. It was a, it was a good panel, you know, and over time, I just uh, just realized that really wasn't for me. And, you know, I, I asked for the good gracious of, you know, kind of spinning off of that and starting my own. And I did. Um, for all intensive purposes at that time, um, I had a host in the beginning, you know, though, that was, those, you know, the growing pains, if you will. And fast forward to a couple of years and a lot of editing and learning and, and just really trying to find my voice later. I, um, I'm still doing it, you know, but it's bigger than, and better than ever. It's, it's more than I could have ever possibly imagined, uh, as well as being a full-time job. It's a full-time responsibility as well. So it takes up the majority of my time. Oh, wow. So you started out as more of a hobby podcaster, but this has grown into more of your just everyday life now that you're able to do this as a job. Oh, absolutely. You know, and it's interesting because as soon as I started doing the podcast, um, a lot of people reached out to me to do a lot of voice work, you know, or a lot of editing with video. Who knew I would be good at that? I, I was raised to cooking, you know, and I really wasn't, you know, um, I was a huge film of cinema and everything film, you know, and, and all of that uh, music videos on MTV for, you know, those of you who don't know, there used to be music videos on TV I'm dating way myself back. there way back, way back. But, you know, it matches the 90s fashion of today. Correct. So I guess, you know, um, Google and YouTube wouldn't hurt. But, you know, I was a huge fan of those things alongside cooking. You know, I was better at cooking, of course. And now I feel that it's reversed. I feel that I'm a lot better at and a lot of my passions are still in food, but I'm a lot better at video than I am cooking. I'm a, I'm a home cook now, consultant, and you know I do some side work being a private chef here and there when people want things infused. And that's cool, but video is just really where it fell. Wow, so really, where did you pick up the skills? Did you just watch a lot of YouTube videos, or was it just reaching out to different people and getting tips here and there? No, actually, none of that. Um, that didn't come till later. So first and foremost, I just started by talking shit. That's okay. really what it was. I'm not going to lie. You know, um, I was just like, this movie is terrible because of these reasons. Or I didn't like these things in music videos. And then I learned, okay, if I'm going to talk shit, you know, quote unquote, if you will, I, I at least need to, you know, take the higher path. And if you're going to present a problem, present a solution, right? You know, mm -hmm. and so... That's in the back of my mind, and I fought that, you know, and so for the longest time, I never really did anything because I couldn't because I was a cook, yeah, and then the pandemic hit, you know, we all know what happened there, you know, culinary was eviscerated, I mean, hell, look at Noma nowadays, not to change subject real quick, but they're saying it's, un, you know, uh, uh, unstable, it's, you know, it's not going to last very long, fine dining is done, and oh, they're wow. right, but we've been saying this for 20 plus years now, it's not sustainable, you know, and Moving on from that, it's a whole different conversation. But, you know, it's interesting because I started putting weed in food years ago, but I never really knew why I was doing it or how to properly dose it. I just took a bunch of weed, stuck it in a bunch of brownies and, and, and you know, Russian roulette at that point, you know. But now I know that there's terpenes, you know, I know all these different things. And so I thought to myself, how do I continue forward doing what I want to do? And video was the answer. So you take that, you know, real small thought of when smoking a joint and you mix that. Sorry about the pups. 
you mix that with you know the ability of of talking shit and telling people hey i didn't like this i didn't like that well you go learn how to fix that you know and so in doing so i just got you know everything you do is 90 percent preparation 10 percent execution me some plus right so then i learned everything that i needed to by reaching out to people that have done it like you said and looking at youtube videos and just googling shit when i did my homework and my diligence and started learning and teaching myself I started going back and rewatching the shit that I was talking shit about and it gave me a different perspective altogether. So I really had to swallow that, you know, that pride really to even begin to get started. Yeah. Really taking the time after you've gotten into it for a while and going back to look at some of your earlier work to see how much progress you've made, not only so far, but what you can do to make yourself better is a huge step to make really at any point during podcasting or just any type of creative creative project in general oh it's raw as hell you know it, it definitely is uh, however there are people who and i've seen artists do this content creators do this across the board okay they'll go back and delete their earlier stuff you know what i mean they're, they're ashamed <laughs> of it it wasn't good enough people didn't like it whatever have you okay the thing is i left all mine there you know what I mean? So if anybody wants to, you know, like you said, go back and figure out where I came from, it's all there, you know, under the live videos on, on YouTube. You know, I don't really like how they switched that around because it used to all be in videos. And thanks for making me, you know, it, it's, it's harder to be organized with these softwares and social medias when they keep changing the damn things, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, after doing that, um, I felt that it was only necessary to show people where I started, you know, a little bit of uh, humbleness, if you will, a little bit of, you know, that's where he started to swallow his pride. And you can see that progress in said videos. Okay. So why does cannabis mean so much to you? I mean, look at this thing. It's it's the most beautiful thing, right? Um, <laughs> I, um, I've always smoked weed. You know, I didn't uh, I didn't really know why I smoked weed in high school. I just did it to kind of fit in. But it did kind of seem to calm things down for me. It worked, man, you know, and on to college and the whole thing. But I didn't really do it medically back then. I won't lie. You know, I did it alongside, you know, getting hammered every night because what else is there to do, you know, after working a 14, 15 hour shift, you know, in the kitchen, busting all services, you know, getting severely undercut and underpaid. And uh, you got no other way to kind of, you know, relax and wind down from the day, you know, so it got to the point where, you know, at first, the only medicating I did per se with weed was smoking it when I had a hangover to cure a hangover, you know, but the truth is, it wasn't until like, oh, I don't know, 2005, 2006, when I really started taking cannabis weed, you know, seriously. Um, that's when, you know, around that time, medical programs started to come and to the surface uh, in Michigan here, 2007, 2008, 2009, more specifically. And uh, that's when I kind of was like, oh, there's something happening. You know, there's something more to this. And around that same time, you know, I really started to slow down drinking, I thought. Um, in retrospect, I don't know if it was slower. It may have gotten worse. Who really knows? But uh, right around, what was it, 2016, I stopped drinking completely, you know, with the help of cannabis. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, 
really a lot of people start out especially those who start out smoking when they're younger in high school and college and stuff don't necessarily know that it could have medicinal purposes to it especially since you said earlier on in the early 2000s there was not a lot of information out at the time since medical programs were so new there was still a lot of stigma that was still um, prevalent from like the early 90s and far beyond that with just the war on drugs there was still the the great program the dare program all that stuff giving you this different type of information so it was hard to really come by the knowledge that you grew into as legalization opened up and more information and tools came out for you to really understand like okay terpenes and which strains work best for these effects and then you were able to see how it really helped you absolutely you know you got to understand though uh what was it uh six short years before that they signed into into law the federally the patriotism act which militarized police think about what i just said now it's interesting because a few months before 9 11 here in michigan there was a historic event that happened that no one really speaks about you know um it's called the rainbow farms event you know or something similar like that it's the history of rainbow farm farms excuse me um, it was Thomas Croslin and Rowley, his partner Rowley, uh, gunned down by the federal government for cannabis, allegedly, you know, and oh, so, wow. yeah, and this got covered up. This guy got covered up deep. And it's interesting because I was handed a briefcase. I won't tell you who gave it to me and I won't tell you where it came from. But inside this briefcase, I, I was everything that I needed to make a documentary about this. And that's my biggest project. I'm not trying to, you know, plug that. But I'm learning in this briefcase that all these horrendous things happened. I've got emails from the police department to them. I've got autopsy reports. I've got police reports. I've got correspondence. I've got all of these things. Plus, you know, old swag from the events and stuff that they used to do there. It was hemp aid, man. You know, and the issue is there was so much, I want to say, like extreme you know, um, prejudice from the government themselves to these individuals. You know, and it's interesting because these individuals are no longer with us. However, a few short later, as they militarized police on a massive federal level, I'm not saying the two are connected, but I'm saying that, it, you know, coincidences aren't natural, you know. And so fast forward to 2007, that's just six short years, you know. How come all of a sudden, you know, that came to light and stuff, you know. Well, you got to think about it. Ruby Ridge, you know, uh, you know, all the way out in California, you got um, um, what's the... Humboldt Farm, you know, all mm -hmm. of these stories, okay, that are coming to light, all of these injustices, all of these, you know, uh, just straight up terrible shit by a government, you know, that we're allowed, we're now supposed to trust with regulating this. I don't want it to go legal federally. I don't. I want it to be descheduled dis federally so people can get bank loans for it. You make it legal, you're just going to oversaturate an already oversaturated system. That's the truth of it, you know, and so it's interesting because like in 2006, 2007, yes, the medical stuff was coming around. I mean, I already knew that it would cure a headache and you know, I was decently young and, you know, stuff like that. It's, I thought it would just got rid of all the fucks. You know what I mean? Like shit, mm -hmm. everything was with, you know, everybody yaps. It creates a static and you smoke a joint and chill. Right. And I'm, I'm thoroughly convinced that, you know, back in the day, you know, we've heard of the old adage of the doctor telling to the patient, patient, hey, take two of these and call me in the morning, right? This motherfucker didn't give him pills. He gave him pre-rolled joints. He's like, smoke two of these and call me in the morning. Guaranteed, you're going to have some of the best sleep of your night, or of your best sleep at night of your life, you know. But the truth is, 
Yeah, it started 2006, 2007 when like the medical stuff started coming out. You know, I started reading more into it. And that's when I, you know, I wouldn't say I holistically changed my life, but I stopped taking aspirin as frequently. Mm, okay. You yeah, know? that's interesting that um, you said that about um, legalization, because I feel that as well. Once we hit um, federal legalization, there is a chance that, well, not a chance, a strong likelihood that it's going to be over flooded with lots of um, large corporations that have the money to back them that can suddenly now flood into this and feel less of a um, hesitation with it now that they can go ahead and do their banking and do whatever and makes it to where you're getting a lot of this corporate low-grade um, highly commercialized cannabis well that's yeah and you're, you're right there but there's another question that Americans should be asking okay first and foremost if we need to deschedule it so that we can do banking with it some banks will do this and some banks won't where are all these multi-state operators these massive corporations and massive cannabis companies where are they doing their banking that's a good question, because here's the thing. If you go into any bank and you, you say you deposit $10,000, you've got it's got to be verified. It's got to be signed in. You know, it's got to and all of that. They'll let you do it, but it's going to take you majority of your day. Understand that if you do it digitally, they're going to send you an email. You're going to have to verify it. No big deal. OK, however, let's say that the next week I want to go pull, I don't know, six G's out. You realize that I can't do that, right? You realize that at any bank, they only have a certain amount of cash, right? Now, hang on a second. Here's the best part. If you think about it, you have to go to any dispensary. You have to pay cash. Yes, there are different points of sale now where people are doing, you know, they're, they're exploiting a loophole in the, in the credit-based system where you can use your, your debit card and things of that nature and credit cards and whatever. There are surcharges. It's just like using an ATM, basically, okay? And fuck it. I'm all for it. At the same time, we're not talking about that. Okay, we're talking about the fact that people are buying buildings and companies and, and moving cannabis and all of this without cash. At the same time, aren't they supposed to be using cash since everybody else is? So there's questions that people just aren't asking, you know, and that's it's interesting because I'm one of those, you know, overly intrusive, overly observant people, man. You know, the details matter, you know. I'm a chef by trade. I'm an, you know, I, I learned to write, you know, and so if I see something, I'm going to be able to describe it and ask the right questions. No one's asking these questions. Furthermore, if it's not legal on a federal level, how are they shipping it state to state? Because you know they are. I thought that shit was illegal in the mail. Just saying. Hmm, interesting points that you're bringing up here. But we probably should get back to talking about you and your show. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what my show is, man. I ask the right questions, you know, for example. OK, let's say hypothetically you wanted to go to uh, New Orleans, you know, Louisiana. You're like, well, what's the weed scene down there like? Everyone's going to ask that, you know. Yes, we have weed maps and that tells you the locations of the dispensaries. Well, what if you want to go and you don't want to shop at a major dispensary or is that my only choice? You know, and you want to learn a little bit about the culture, right? You know, it's like what Anthony Bourdain said. If you want to learn more about the culture, drink with the fucking locals. Well, mm. in this case, we're not drinking, we're smoking. So my concept really was, well, let's just do that. You know, let's go to a certain specific part of the world, you know, or part of the nation, part of a state, sit down with the locals, smoke what they're smoking on, kind of get a feel for it, find out what's good to eat. And then along the way, learn the multi-state laws, 
how things operate, how much you can have on you, right? Like, you know, in the state of Michigan, you can have two and a half ounces on you of flour, so many grams of concentrates, even more if you have your card, you know, well, if you go into Indiana, you can't have any of that. You know what I mean? So does my medical card work in Indiana? So these are questions that people need to be answering because honestly, I, how is this not entrapment? It could very well be argued that, you know, um, you have to be kind of really, really good, but at the same time, you don't. The point is they're already looking to, you know, to kind of uh, expand on the whole, you know, cannabis restaurants, uh, the cannabis themed and oriented restaurants, cannabis themed and oriented hotels. The dispensaries are already popping up. It's only a matter of time where someone needs to lay out the roadmap of this, you know, and I thought about this a few years ago. And so I started pulling it together, you know. I'm also not going to do a crap show, so like I learned how to film, you know, coming back to talking shit about it and uh, kind of move forward with that. You know, it sounds a very simple in practice, but it's not simple. <laughs> you know, I've got a, a lot more consultants I've brought on, people that have done this professionally, you know, um, on televised things that, you know, you can find on Hulu and Netflix, uh, Discovery Plus, you know, uh, National Geographic, like, you know, some pretty cool, pretty cool movies as well. And, uh, I ask them questions, but I ask the right questions. And honestly, man, like that's, it's shifted my fucking life an entirely different direction. You know, I don't think that if I had a conversation with me, like even six years ago, I don't think I would get along with that person. Right. So <laughs> honestly, cannabis has changed me a lot better. You know, it's uh, brought a lot to light and uh, it helped me, you know, start using mushrooms pretty regularly. That was pretty neat. That's helped me a lot too. Okay, so who have been some of the most notable guests that you've had on your show? Oh, I get this. See, I get this question asked a lot. And the last time I was asked this question, um, <clears throat> it was Mr. Uh, I think it was Mike from Dro TV actually asked me. And he and I told him at the time, you know, it was uh, Jimmy Kang's boots, you know, Wu-Tang's Jimmy Kang, you know, uh, straight up entertainment. He runs Wu-Tang, you know, pretty mm -hmm. notable guy. I think that's the truth. However, I want to change my answer now, and I think he'll be fine with this. The most notable person that I've had on my podcast, oh, man, I would have to say, I feel like Billy B, I feel like my last episode was pretty notable. I feel like I was able to get to, you know, a certain point with the guest that was very informative, kind of raw, you know, but indicative of truth. I feel that it really resonated with the audience. And honestly, I feel like it was my best one yet. Uh, you know, of course. Now, I also do have a notable person coming up that I think will supersede, you know, anything that, that I've done uh, more specifically because she's battling with cancer right now. She just got diagnosed, you know. Uh, you know, she's, she's, um, Filipino. She's, so she's already pissed off. She's going to beat it. She's very, you know, she's tough, tough bird here, you know, mm -hmm. but I think that the conversation with her and I, um, that, that her and I have already pretty much started. I think that when people hear this, it's going to be raw, it's going to be revealing, and it's going to be immensely helpful, you know, for both of us cathartic. I'm, I'm, I'm super excited for that. So I wouldn't be doing anybody a justice if I didn't point that one out, you know? Okay, okay. So, um, at the core of it, what impact do you hope to make with your show? So, impact's not the word. Um, 
I, you know, impact could be used. Influence is really the word that I would use. And I'm not okay. an influencer. I don't like that. Um, I don't like influencers. They're, they, they don't really know uh, why they're doing what they're doing, except for just clout or a product. You know, there's really no, there's nothing usually there. The point is, you're, you're a spokesperson. Cool. I like to influence things, and here's why. Influence, whether we acknowledge it or not, is one of the biggest decision makers for us on a daily basis. Here's why I mean this, okay? If your ADD is shit and, and your wife tells you, husband tells you to go to the store, partner tells you to go to the store and get, you know, body wash for yourself. There's eight flavors of that shit, all right? I'm ADD. I'm going to buy them all because I can't make a decision. Now, hang on. What if your partner, husband, wife influenced your decision when you, and was like, hey, I like that last one that you had. All right. See, it's just a small comment. People don't really think anything of it. But if you pay attention to the person that says that, you're going to grab one instinctively. And then usually it's going to be the last one. You're going to know what decision to make without making it. See, people need to be influenced. They're influenced all the time. You know, whether it's uh, good food, bad food, good experience, bad experience. The reason that everything exists is because of influence. I'll explain more. I hope to achieve the influence that a person can, because there's a lot of people traveling right now in minivans, you know, doing these traveling shows, documentaries, whatever have you, okay? You don't see anybody getting down to kind of brass tacks with it, yeah? You know, you, you're not learning anything. You're learning a few things. You're learning that, hey, I could do that as well. Okay, that's cool. Or, hey, it's interesting that they live in a van. Isn't it kind of cold out in those states? Or, hey, you know, do snakes ever get in your... You, you learn certain things, and that's cool. My point, that only helps a niche market of people. There is a massive market of people that smoke weed. Damn near everybody you know has at least tried it or thought about it, at the very least. My point is, a lot of people smoke weed, Okay. In that huge market of people smoking weed, no one really sits down and breaks it down saying, hey, this is the one of the best dispensaries I've ever shopped at. Instead of doing that, we try to influence people with product reviews. That doesn't do me any good. You know what I'm saying? Because that, uh, what if I want to go inside and experience, let's face it, all dispensaries are, all restaurants are, all hotels are an experience. And it's those experiences that influence our choices, right? Well, mm -hmm. you can't just have everybody go, you know, at one time, flash dance style, if you will, rushing this dispensary or this market or something. No, mm -hmm. you can't. So I figured, shit. Uh, let's just do the fucking Tony Bourdain thing. What would he do? And so I go to these, I, I plan to go to these places to sit down with the locals, smoke weed with the locals. Now, the cool thing is I've done that uh, in a sense already. Zoom is an amazing thing. This platform, an amazing thing. Okay. FaceTime, amazing thing. And I've talked to these people already. They're already anticipating me showing up and getting baked. So this is pretty sweet. And the cool thing is most of these people cook. It's just another medium. So in using the medium of video, using the medium of overall experiencing it, you know, firsthand, but showing it to like a third person kind of view to the world, I hope to influence these people to kind of come into the culture, to show that the industry isn't a bad thing. It's, it's, it's superseding and blowing, you know, the grass and glass ceilings out of everything. You know, it, it's giving everybody a, a proper seat at the table and dropping the stigma and admitting that we all smoke weed.
very well put okay um yeah i really like that i've listened to um a few of your um latest episodes that have come out and like you said the one that most recently came out as of our time of recording uh mm-hmm. i liked how you really just talked about um the impact that the dare program had on a lot of youth especially since it was introduced to us at such an early age that's influence right there. You know, and that's my mm-hmm. point. So think about it. Okay. Do you think that, okay. Have you ever asked a homeschool person what they think of cannabis or weed or drugs? No, you haven't, no. you know? So if you call a homeschool person, somebody that's never heard of a dare program, cause those people exist, you know, there are private, some private schools and shit like that. Okay. First and foremost, I don't really remember hearing about any dare programs at private school. So if anybody hearing this has went to a private school and and had a dare program there, I'd like to hear about it. You know, huge shout out, you know, deliciously dope TV on Instagram. Let me know. I really want to know. I appreciate that plug real quick. Um, but that's the point. It was the general you know, the public school system, the general population that got subjected to these things, and that's influence. Okay. However, they never in school taught you how to balance a checkbook or do your taxes or anything about buying a house, did they? Uh, not for nearly as long as we learned about how weed is bad. And ex- and it's not just weed is bad. They were saying to you that heroin is the same thing as weed. I'm not, yeah. I don't know about you. All right. I've tried heroin. I won't lie to you. It's not fun. You understand what I'm saying? Why people mm-hmm. would do that? I have no idea. Okay, take your most chaotic nightmare, throw it into an acid trip you can't control, okay? Lose all focus of all reality, time, space, and anything, and then everything's trying to eat and kill you. That does not sound enjoyable. Eight hours of fear. My point, that is not like smoking a joint. You understand what I'm saying? Um, Mm -hmm. So that's not even in the same realm. That's the point. Now, it's interesting that we make this point when we arrive in this conversation again, because I got a good buddy Cole over the chilling noise podcast. Great dude. We sat down and talked, you know, off the, off, you know, kind of sidebar about the, the list of, uh, you know, controlled substances in the United States. Everything on the controlled substance list is known to cause euphoria, AKA happiness. It's interesting because you won't find heroin on a controlled substance list. You won't find mercury, You won't find, you know, uh, what else can kill arsenic. You won't find these things that can kill you on the controlled substance list. Weeds on there. You see my point? So I think when they meant when they say controlled substance list, I don't think it was with the intent that it can harm you. I think it was with the intent that they want to control it and keep it away from people because they don't want them happy. Another interesting point you've brought up here. I mean, it's just indoctrination, isn't it? Mm-hmm. They indoctrinate you your entire life in general public school system. They tell you to keep your head down. Don't question authority. They teach you to be on time. It's very similar to your parents' work schedule, if you think about it. And they teach you to never be late, always tell the truth and all of these things. You know, while they're not telling you the truth, they can be at whatever time they want. You know, and, and honestly, like, I just feel bad at this point, you know, for teachers. I love teachers. They have to deal with, you know, a different classroom of all as assholes each year, right? And I'm pretty good friends, decent friends with a lot of teachers that I grew up with. And 
a lot of them are probably listening to this, shaking their head, going, yeah, of course he would say that. You know, anarchy was always a thing in my mind. You know, I don't want an absence of government, but I don't think that the government should control as much shit as they do. Cannabis being one of them. You know, it's interesting because I've tried government weed. It's not good. I've tried weed that I've grown. It's so much better. I feel like they're going to be pissed about that. I have not gotten the chance to, to my knowledge, try homegrown yet because I mostly deal with um, dispensary cannabis these days, okay. but I, I've i been seeing pictures of it. I've been hearing the reviews and stuff of this homegrown, and I'm very intrigued. But I'll tell you I what, did. you should definitely grow your own. I Absolutely. would definitely get in trouble here. We, even though we have a medical program, we are not allowed to homegrow at all. What state? What state? Arkansas. Arkansas. So Mississippi just went, uh, I, I don't know, I think they just went medical, okay? Okay. That would mean that you're not far behind them. I think that Arkansas is going to go legal the same time as Tennessee. Somebody take a bet on that. I bet a dollar. I bet you right. I gamble this shit. I'm not a not a game fuel or whatever bullshit, but I just a friendly little wager. You know, I bet you a dollar that the same time that Arkansas goes legal, Tennessee will too. I, I hope because so, Tennessee has been just bullshitting for the longest time, kind of dipping their toe in like, oh, we're going to do it. And then it doesn't pass. I mean, Tennessee couldn't argue their way out of a fucking paper bag. Let me point it. That, let me just point that out. <laughs> you know, the, the facts and facilitations that they're using to back up these theories don't match anything known to any scientific fucking, you know, um, um, experiment. You want to know why? Because we couldn't do them because they were illegal. So. We actually do have medical science that has been done since like 2006, 2007. That is fairly recent, done by professionals, and answers any question, qualm, comment, or concern that they could possibly potentially have in plain English, and they still tell us that it's not enough. Well, that's interesting because the only reason that it's illegal in Tennessee, the only reason is because the state, when it comes down to it, all right, is afraid that they're going to lose control out of it and it's going to create a pandemic or whatever you want to call it of of drugs of the cities like an epidemic or something thank you right right epidemic however you want to call it you know um the the point is you think that's hurting the county's old jim bob no it's uh, the fucking method you guys are sticking in inner inner cities in order to fucking garner arrests and shit let's not talk about that you know is that why you militarize police probably you know so I just look at these things and I'm just like, can you just get your heads out of your asses and just catch up with the rest of the nation already? You know, there's so much money to be made. However, I would be doing an injustice to the state of Tennessee if I didn't mention Buds and Brews in Nashville, Tennessee. They are a cannabis-themed, open-to-the-public, 100% legal restaurant that is operating while the rest of the state remains illegal. Now, uh, you want to... Care to know how that's going on? That's, uh, yeah, how's that going? (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't make sense. There is a loophole, okay? And there's certain specific, you know, uh, terpenes, compounds, and just really to break it down simply, uh, because I don't understand it that much. There are different levels of like cannabinoids. Okay, so there's we're familiar with delta eight and it's bullshit. Delta nine THC and there's delta there's uh, uh, a bunch of other ones. There's THCO, THCV. There's different you know subjective things. Now you can eat the food and get high. You know that's kind of the high feeling. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, I've yet to experience this, but I have talked to numerous people that have gone there. These people are you know 
they're my people, right? So, and all of them, without me asking, all automatically jump back. They're like, chef, it tasted like this. I was like, whoa, calm down. You're acting like a foodie. Um, so, <laughs> so they were like, um, I suggest you go watch the menu today. Anyways, so they're like, hey, this is, you know, this is the feeling. This is how it's legal, blah, blah, blah. So I contacted the restaurant. You know, I'm going to have them come on the show. That's going to be dope. Okay. You know, and, and they were like, yeah, that's, that's exactly what we do. You know, it's all over the news down there. So what it is, is they use a hemp derived derivative of THC. THC. legal version. It's, I'm sure that's probably what it is. It's, it's basically... In my mind, I think it does the same thing as Delta 8. You know what I mean? Mm. However, if that works for a person and it's enjoyable and it's fun and, and, and get after it, you know what I'm saying? If it makes you happy, don't let anybody stop that. Mm. At the same time, if you can smoke that in that restaurant, eat that in that restaurant, and a cop is walking by and it's still illegal in the state, that is rebellion and I fucking love it. Yeah, see, that's very interesting. I've been um, partnering with a um, company that's based out of Chattanooga, Tennessee. They're called right. Snapdragon Hemp, and okay. they make a lot of um, CBD, Delta 8, Delta 9, and yep. recently they've ventured into the hemp-derived THCA, and I've gotten the pleasure to try it. Now, the bud quality of their product compared to what I've gotten from the dispensary, right off the bat, the moisture in it is beautiful. It's nice buds that just they have a very pungent ripe smell that come off of them immediately like it's like smells like it's very fresh and the effects were nice and mellowing it was like it's pretty um pretty close to what i would say i get from the dispensary if not um better because of the price point and also the availability because those in tennessee can get this that's awesome actually i love hearing that because here's the thing I don't just smoke straight THC weed, you know, that's, I will smoke CBD, you know, mm -hmm. CBD that's locally grown and things of that nature. Um, call me a purist, fine, but, you know, I'm, at least I'm not, you know, a vegetarian or a vegan, I, I, I just, but the point is, vegans let it be known. Anyways, um, I, I like, because I know I'm planning to go to Tennessee, like literally in the next few months, I have a trip to go down there. I'm going to Buds and Brews. Like I said, we were talking about that. Mm -hmm. um, some filming in my, oh, I actually grew up in Tennessee, grew up in West Tennessee. Chattanooga is the other way, but it, no worries. You know, um, so I'm sure that I would be able to make it to Chattanooga because honestly, I have to go to the Carolinas and they're over that way anyway. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. it makes sense. You know, see more of Tennessee than I probably would care to. I'm joking, but <laughs> I'd like to stop by and check out Snapdragon. You know, that's that's again, it's a hemp company in a state where it's, you know, barely legal, if not illegal, if you will. So it's like, hey, are they, are they watching you like hawks? You know, they're harassing your customers. Should I want to know, you know, yeah. and so experience firsthand again, influencing. Right, man. You know, I, it's I don't like influencers. I think that's a terrible social media cred. I like to influence people with asking the right questions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you just get there and go, all right, so why Snapdragon? You know, why the name or um, why is this smell this way and this, and they're growing the same room and shit like that. Like, yeah. that's just, I don't know. It makes me think that like people can pull a little bit of like cinematic and educational value out of it while letting people know about a great product. Yeah, and one last place I would recommend you check out while you're down in Tennessee. I think it's in Nashville, and they're called, um, I want to say, Holistic Connections. Okay. And um, they are like a dab bar based in Tennessee. 
and they just have a whole bunch of hemp-derived concentrates. You go in, they've got the menu of all their different strains. Um, they got the different, um, like, terpene profiles, tells you the different, um, uh, cannabinoids and stuff like that. And I haven't been in it personally, but I saw it, um, when one of my, um, one of my friends was on a live and they went and visited that place. And it just, like, my eyes lit up. I had never seen anything like that when I lived in Tennessee. And so it seemed like as soon as I moved out, they were doing cool shit like this. I was like, man. It, yeah. You know, it's it's funny you should mention that because like I've I've worked at restaurants where that's happened. I'm like, hey, we should really do this to the menu. And like you work there so long and then you leave and then they're doing it to the menu. You're like, damn it. Like, I missed it. Right. You missed the fun. Um, see, I'm excited, but I'm also nervous to go back to Tennessee because I smoke a lot of weed. And I don't say that as a flex. I say that because my uh, my conditions, you know, that's that's what they want, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, and I found that it works in a certain level and it controls my ADD to a, you know, to a point where I feel that I'm not zombified out and zonked out yeah. or not sleeping for 10 days, you know? And, um, I, I fear because like, if I go to Tennessee, I feel like they're going to give me a hard time because I'm thoroughly convinced that all of my clothes and everything that I touch and live around smells like weed. So if I smell like weed and they pull me over, like, yeah, it doesn't give them probable cause to search your car. Oh, by the way. The smell of weed doesn't matter where you're at. United States legal or illegal doesn't matter. The smell of weed does not give anybody a probable cause to search a car. Know that. Um, that'll save your ass because how do you think that they – because they put you in their car locked up and arrested and shit while they're searching yours. So, I mean, come on. Put two and two together. Yeah. Um, they need a warrant and they can't obtain that. So don't let them, you know, puff that chest because know your rights. Okay. Um Again, huge shout out to pa the Pop Bros at Law, man. I'm not, I'm not going to shamelessly plug those guys. Those guys have saved my ass. You guys check them out in California. Pop Bros at Law. Learn the script. It'll save your ass. Um, yes, I definitely need to learn the script myself. <laughs> you know, it saved my ass. I got pulled over. I stuck to the script, and she was like, fuck off. Literally, that's what the cop said to me. She goes, fuck off. I'm like, bye. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's – what do you do? You know, I'm sitting there thinking. I'm just like, well – I mean, I was doing five over. Yeah. If you mm -hmm. want to be a dick, you could write me a ticket. All right, cool. But I'm going to try this script thing. And so I tried the script and uh, sure, she took my license, registration, proof of insurance. Okay. That's fine. You know, um, keys were on the dashboard, you know, hands where they could see them, you know, all that. Uh, I call it good manners, a good roadside manners. Right. And, and, yeah. uh, you know, I had my window down just enough. I don't do a full window. I don't like that, but just enough, just crack. So you can hear me and I can hear you and hand you what you need. She went back to her car. She was back there 10, 15 minutes, comes back. I rolled down my window the same amount. She hands it back. She goes, fuck off. And I'm like, have a nice day. Well, Hey, that sounds like that went perfect. I don't think it's going to ha happen that way in Tennessee, which is why I'm nervous. Yeah, I really, um, I don't know. Usually with the, the cops in Tennessee, it's a lot of, you've got to be very kiss-ashes. If you um, say the wrong thing, come off the wrong, if you if you come off like a jackass, you're going to end up in their car. Yeah, that's true. That is true. You know, um, more or less, I have a lot of family in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. My last name isn't theirs, so that kind of helps, but... The problem is with Tennessee, for all of you people that have never been there, I just want you to imagine Tennessee is a very small town. The entire state, okay? The entire state. 
So when you go visiting or doing something in Tennessee and you have friends and family there that you've known your entire life, they're going to tell the next 15 people. And they're going to tell the next 15 people. And before you're able to kind of make it across town to your hotel, everyone's going to know that you're there. That's kind of cool. But that does include police officers. Yeah. So know that. I don't know if that was a negative connotation. It doesn't matter. Just know that, you know, at the same time, be nice, eat local, shop local, pay your taxes. Yeah. <laughs> all, all good advice there. So yeah. you said you like to ask the right questions on your show. How many episodes does your show have? A shit ton. I okay. lost count. Okay, I'm okay. sorry. I, I, I did. I was like episode, you know, season something. I just, it, it's on. <laughs> I, you know, I, I stopped quantifying it. I got stoned one day and started paying attention to something else. I think I was creating a new like uh, logo or a new software or something. And uh, I just lost count. So now the running joke is, you ever seen The Price is Right? Yes. The points don't matter and neither does the comedy. You know what I mean? <laughs> So the episode numbers don't really, it's just there, you know, and, and when it's not there, it's not there, you know, um, I don't really do social media or like, you know, um, anything normal, I guess. Um, for example, we were talking about, we use this, you know, platform together and I was like, yeah, uh, it's cool when it works right, but it's even better when you break it, you know? And you were like, what? And so I explained it briefly. Right. And you're like, okay, that does make sense. And then having seen the episode, what I do, you're like, dude, okay. There's different elements of different things. Very simply laid out. That's pretty dope. Literally, you know, and that's the idea. You know, I feel that it creates a better overall experience that, it's something that I would want to see, you know, where it's kind of talk showy a little bit. Okay. It's not as heated and, and, and straightforward, you know, um, it just feels more natural and it feels like you're in the room with the person, you know, it yeah. also feels like you getting to know the opposite person, whether you know them or not. Uh, does my show get a lot of views? Fuck no. You know, I'm all organic, but I'm good with that because there's a lot of people out here nowadays that pay for their shit. You know what I'm saying? They pay for yeah. them views. They pay for the cloud. You know, they use tax money. Whatever, man. I get it. It's a hustle. That's cool. But do not compare that to what I'm doing because I ain't paying for any of that shit. I'm using free shit and shit that I've worked to pay for to create something organically. For example, people will argue growing weed with nutrients versus organic, right? That's just mm -hmm. it. People have their preferences. Can we just leave it at that? Why do you got to attack the little people? That's it. I'm tiny, man. You know, I'm a small person, but the episodes are good. It's a good quality. I put good time into it. And honestly, everybody that's been on the show has wanted to come back. Whether, they, you know, they'll admit that now or not. You know, at one point in time, you know, they, they said that. They had fun. And that right there is how I want to influence people. You know, there's no stigma in weed. Because, look, we're sitting here smoking weed, having a conversation. You know what I mean? That's all it is. Yeah. That's how you get rid of the fucking stigma, whether there's an awkward conversation or a great conversation. You just need to have a conversation, fucking period. If you don't, then the stigma is going to continue to perpetuate things down the road and ruin lives. So do you have segments on your show or do you really just stick to just having a conversation and letting it flow wherever it goes? I used to have segments, segments but then I felt... Um, I don't know. I felt this rebellious nature. I know me, right? Of all people um, <laughs> felt this rebellious nature. And so I, I kind of got rid of those. I don't know. I didn't really want to quantify things that, you know, I wanted people to either enjoy it or not enjoy it, you know, and I feel that 
yeah, I'll bring back some segmented things. I'm definitely going to have some certain topics coming up. That's actually, it's, it's a good point that you brought this up because there's a lot of new things coming 2023. Um, you know, I've got some new sponsors coming on. I've got, you know, new people coming on, the amazing people coming on the show. Um, I have some really cool shit planned and it's going to be really cool. I don't want to spoil it too much, but, you know, just make sure you, you know, keep an eye out for it. Um, this week I'm working on a new title sequence to, you know, new credit sequence, like all kinds of cool shit. But it's not like a podcast. That's the thing. I want to use it as a podcast. Don't get me wrong. People can listen to it. It's a good podcast. But if you watch it like it's a talk show, it's a completely different show. Nice. Yeah, I really like your show because it's like it's it's that very like I feel like I'm part of the conversation. I feel like if if I could pause and just put my input in, I know y'all couldn't hear me, but it's just like I very feel much like I'm part of like the conversation you're trying to have and it feels doesn't feel forced it doesn't right. feel like it's just they're they're there to plug and promote all that they do you get to really learn about the person and where they come from exactly and i in and i want that to influence a person's uh as a consumer or as you know as an advocate or fuck and i hate these people but as an influencer you know i mean, i want these people to understand that Okay, maybe it's bad to shop, you know, at any company supporting the MCMA in Michigan. You know, they're they're actively fighting against caregivers. No, they're not. Well, all of this information says that you're wrong. You know what I mean? So, and, and it's it's just doing these smart things. And it's interesting because I had a conversation with a very well-known cannabis advocate here in Michigan. Um, and he was like, you know, out of all of these years, I've never really seen somebody step up and actually want to be the martyr. And I was like, listen, dude. People hate the messenger. People hate a person that really tells the truth. But at the end of the day, they don't. They, you know, you, you watch them, they're influenced by it. Well, what do you, he's like, what do you mean? He's like, they, they don't like that. I was like, on the contrary, it's working. It's just like when Elvis's manager sold shirts that said, I love Elvis and I hate Elvis, okay? Because now, whether they're, or not they want to admit that, you know, outright, that's going to influence their decisions, whether or not they want to admit it or not, because those people care about their image. They love instant gratification, or instant gratification, and they love to show off. Now, it's interesting because every single one of these people that has, you know, pretty much put a, you know, a slight against me, they all, they all belong to MSOs. They all belong to the corporate side of things. So it's just like, it's interesting because as corporate grows, you see small mom and pops and stuff diminish. You see activists, you know, taking stands and, and standing against, you know, this massive Goliath of, you know, of a concept from there. I feel that it's important, you know, for, for my show to exist. I think that it's important to get an introspective, investigative kind of, you know, like side of these people, you know, and going back to talking about structure, the only real structure that I have as far as like questioning on my show, I started asking people, you know, I, I was given a question. I started asking people this question. I started asking them if there was one lie among all of the lies that you know people have told in their life if you stopped in your life right now turned around 180 and looked back at all the lies you told the good the bad the happy the sad you know the just all of the lies what is one lie you've told in your life that you got away with and know that you shouldn't have hmm okay okay 
Are you wanting me to answer that question? Uh, or? You, you can't. Actually, fuck it. We're here now. Go ahead. I mean, oh, what no, is, I, what I is actually did not answer that question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no See? way. No way. I would definitely get myself in some trouble with that one. So, um, <laughs> hang on a second. Hang on. That's the point of the question. You missed it because here's the thing. I asked you, the question was, it's not a riddle. The question was, out of all of the lies you've ever told, ever, okay, hang on, follow me, ever told, I'm talking since back when you can remember when you were like, hey, I was five, I lied to my parents, I did piss in the bottom drawer of the fucking, you know, whatever, okay? okay. You said, you automatically said, out of all the lies you said, you said, you automatically went to the worst one. You said, I'll get myself in some trouble. Well, that's interesting because why did you pick that lie to tell me instead of one of the ones like, yo, um, I lied to my best friend. I made out with, you know, whoever. Why wouldn't you tell me something that wouldn't get you in trouble? So that's that question is to make you think. Now, hmm. of all of the lies you could have told me, you went straight to the negative, didn't you? Yes. Oh, I'm going to get myself in trouble. Oh, I'm going to say this. No, I can't answer that question horseshit and by deflecting and not wanting to answer the question now you've gotten yourself in trouble oh okay 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 um well um (laughs) you know what i mean like that's the truth though yeah you got it you've you've been bringing up some very interesting points throughout this entire show so i'll give you that um really i'd say another one that i've gotten away with maybe that i probably shouldn't have um I can only think of shit that like is like. Uh, <laughs> so why are you catastrophizing it? That's the question. So, yeah. and that's again something that I'm trying to influence. For example, mm-hmm. I, in my mind, going back to saying why I didn't want to go to Tennessee, I worry about the cops. Why am I catastrophizing it? You know, why am I worried about that? What stigma, you know, or whatever? What What's the reason? And in finding that reason, you're able to kind of like face your fears a little bit you know, I wouldn't say humble yourself, but kind of have a raw moment, you know, and, and create that. Now it's interesting because that overstimulates some people because we're so used to talking shit on the internet or, or whatever have you. There are so many people right now that would not say half the shit that they say to me on the internet to my face. And I'm not saying that in an intimidating connotation or anything of the nature, they just wouldn't do it. Want to know why? Because a lot of people have talked shit and that I've met them face to face at rallies and things in Michigan. And I met with crickets, uh, nothing, yeah. not even a glance in my direction. That's how I know, you know, because I've seen it, you know, the point, when we humanize ourselves, whatever question, whatever experience, we automatically catastrophize it because going back to the indoctrination because that's what we were taught to do. It creates an extreme. Now, when you catastrophize it, you never face that head on. Okay, you have an anxiety to it. Like you said, oh, I'm going to get myself into some trouble. Well, why did you why is that the one you want to tell me? That's my point. We as human beings are taught to over catastrophize things for reasons you know whoever you know whatever i mean it's easier to manipulate and gaslight a person there if they're already you know it's reaching such a high anxiety point in their mind that they're over catastrophizing that's called influence if i can influence people to think outside the box to question authority to smoke weed that's not grown by the government to eat food that's cooked you know uh, by an abuela you know what i mean mm-hmm. That's my motherfucking point. And I'm going to teach you where to lay your head at night. Aim that shit north if you want to feel good. You know what I'm saying? Because there's so many energies and frequencies around us. All Listen, 
just eat shrooms once. <laughs> just do shrooms once. And then you're connected, man. It's that mycelium. It runs everything. It's literally the living being, being on this earth underneath all the trees and everything. Okay. All these years they told us, you know, throw these pills down your throat, you know, do this, do that, do this. And the truth is what we should have really been catastrophizing is why they're telling us this. Okay. Since I, let's say that I can't breathe. Okay. They give you like nine pills to take each day. Holy shit. I'm going to have to choke these down. You're like, I'm going to, you know, choke myself and not be able to breathe out of just one of these horse pills. Then you come to find out that the adverse side effects are worse than what you're trying to heal. And then you go and just, you know, let's say smoke, eat, or somehow ingest like tincture or whatever, edibles or whatever, some mullen, which is naturally, you know, it it's natural. Okay. And then you start changing these, you know, these things out of your diet, stop eating sugar, start eating things oh by the way remember that that food pyramid that they told us about yeah that's not true either it's complete and utter bullshit you said i'm saying that and when you look back at that you're like well fuck was my entire life a lie i mean i didn't live it for you but the shit that they taught you to catastrophize and and to be paranoid and be dogmatic yeah most of that was yeah um recently <laughs> there was a new um food pyramid i don't know if, i don't know really what and they to said make that it. lucky charms has more protein than a steak yes you beat me to it i was still processing this and also they said that it was highly recommended to eat um more often chocolate covered almonds than a steak and ground beef it's healthier so let me make something abundantly clear and this isn't for you and this isn't uh you know against anybody but i just want to be very clear with what i say um you know because people they'll hang on everywhere right you know it's like listen yeah i know you're smoking weed the entire time but you know they want you to be perfect so here is my view on this and i'm gonna steal a line from the late great anthony bourdain you know what the fuck is farm to table hear me out if I'm not buying my shit from a farm, where the fuck am I buying it? If it's not being grown on a farm, where the fuck is it being grown? If I'm not serving my shit on a table, where the fuck am I serving it? He's got a point there. However, however, now we've got the threat of fine dining uh, basically in being you know, dismantled in, in culinary. Everybody wants everything automated. Everybody knows what you know, these, these, these meal fresh things are and whatever have you. They're starting to you know, rely more on autonomy you know, and having everything you know, instant gratification and brought to them and delivered than they are cooking their own goddamn food. I guarantee – I don't give a shit if you can burn water – Give me 10 minutes and I will teach you how to cook. It's as simple as that. Why don't you do cooking videos on TikTok? First and foremost, don't get me started about what information TikTok is stealing from you and is not, okay? Yeah. You realize that inside of TikTok, uh, you and whatever phone is near you, they can access, listen in, and steal anything on those phones, right? Everybody agrees to this. Whether that's a right-wing conspiracy, it doesn't matter. I've read that. It's in there. I just, I mean, I've got a little bit on TikTok, but I'm not too... I, until I get certain things in place and I'm bigger, I'm not too fond of TikTok. But hey, I'm not doing to TikTok. Each their own. Yeah, to each their own, right? <laughs> if you want to do it, cool. That's great. That's fine. My point, when, you, when you're cooking, I don't care how terrible you are, I can teach you how to cook inside of 10 minutes. It's not fucking hard. It's just relatability. It, it's pretty easy, okay? The reason is to get you to cook food, okay? If you cook your own food and you get used to doing that, your stress levels are going to go down. Well, that doesn't make any sense because chefs are always stressed because of fuckers like you. 
<laughs> you know, <laughs> you want everything now. You want a steak yesterday when you came in today. You know what I'm saying? You want that shit done what you think is well done, which it's not. You know, my point. In order to, and Chef Marco Pierre White said, in order to know how to eat, one must know how to wait. Nobody is patient these days, which would mean, ipso facto, that nobody knows how to fucking eat. So then why the fuck are foodies a thing? They shouldn't be. Fuck them. The point is, if you learn how to cook your own food, you're going to get interested in it. Okay? You're going to want to know where it comes from. Okay? You do a little bit of research. A lot of people like the stories and backstories now. So that doesn't mean to calm down. If you do that, you're going to find that, a, you know, let's say a chicken that you, you grow those. You do. You feed them. You raise them. Whatever term you want to use. Okay. You're going to find that the eggs you get from them are far superior than anything that you can that you can get at the store. Okay. The meat that you get from them, far superior. They'll eat your garbage and your flies and shit like that. Far superior. They'll keep rodents and shit out of your back. Are you kidding me right now? Why isn't everybody growing chickens? But then when you look, okay, I want to grow chickens in the city of Lansing. They're not too happy about that. They don't want you to, but technically they can't they can't stop you. Now it's interesting because let's say that you wanted to do a bonfire in your backyard. Well, they would have to come, zone it, the fire department would have to come out, and it's like thirty-five to fifty dollars for a permit. I've heard different variations. Well, that's oh. interesting. What if I told you you didn't need one of those to have a fire legally? And if they called the police and tried to stick you with the bill, they can't do it because you are allowed to have an open flame as long as you're cooking something. Ever had a s'more next to a fire? yeah that's my point didn't know that did you that's didn't a cottage know. law that they have to obtain and follow they can't get rid of it i have the right to eat let's say that nothing in my house works let's say that it, this recipe being a chef i would know is better cooked in a cast iron over an open flame well that's a bonfire i don't care how you think it looks because i'm actually cooking this food but they're gonna hit you with that you see what i'm saying that's my mm. point all right cook your own fucking food that's the truth. When a person asks me and they're like, you're just a shitty chef. Yeah, sure. Why not? But I'm still spitting the fucking raw truth here. So why are you getting mad? You don't think I'm telling the truth? How long is the drive through through McDonald's right now? What about Burger King? What about fucking Chick-fil-A? What about some of these terrible fucking companies? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm telling you, if you want it done yourself, do it You know yourself. That's the truth. When you cut your own fries, they're going to taste amazing. When you learn to do this shit and be more efficient yourself... They can't stop you. You know what I did this summer? I grew my own vegetables. I also grew my own weed in my backyard. I had a lot of neighbors leaning over the fence going, hey, what's that? I was like, that's like a seven-foot-tall cannabis plant. You know, that's amazing. I had a conversation, you know, and then it ended a stigma. I didn't get a knock at the door. I did nothing. They grew right next to my rosemary, to my tomatoes, and my basil. Everything in my garden was amazing, you know, and I put it to good use. You know, I, I made a lot of canned tomatoes and started putting things away, you know, my house looks like an apothecary. I won't lie to you, you know, but that's the truth of it. Life is 90% preparation and 10% execution. When people don't understand that, you know, it works in business. Why doesn't it work here? It works in the kitchen, music. It works with podcasting, cooking, literally everything. So I push people to cook at home. That's it. Get a burger, cook it at home, you know, the right way. Let's face it. Okay. Cook it however you want. Just do that. And then I want you to put that side by side to something fucking bullshit from McDonald's. Go ahead. I don't, I don't think we got to, you know, rocket science to figure out which one's going to win here. I'm telling you, much more flavor when you do it yourself. Then, on top of that, buy local. Grow it yourself. 
Because here's the thing. You're going to notice, yo, I'm losing weight. I'm eating, eating the same amount of food, and I'm losing weight. Why? Well, it's not all the bullshit additives that they put out in food. You're eating McDonald's burgers because you think that they're consistent. They fuck up your order every goddamn time. They're reliable. They, over, they fuck up your order every time. Uh, you, they're telling you the truth, and it's delicious. They've come out and openly brag and boasted that they've served billions upon billions of people pink goo. They can't tell you what's in it because they don't even fucking know. Whereas if you eat beef from a local butcher... You know, that's a very, very well-made local beef product that you're putting in, in your mouth. And there's no bad thing with a damn good cheeseburger. Oh, yeah. And, like, we used to go to the Chinese, um, like, takeout and get that um, pretty often. We'd do that at least, like, once a week. But once I started learning how to make these dishes at home, the yep. General's chicken, the sesame chicken, stuff like that, we have not gone back since. I haven't really thought about it. It just tastes it, so much better made at home. It save you money too. That's the thing. Yeah. You know, it's and I'm not saying don't support local restaurants. That is not what I'm saying. Mm. I'm saying that in the time where everybody's adjusting the belt, whether it's a diet thing, whether it's a money thing, let's you're adjusting the belt. When you're doing that, man, it only makes sense to cut back on things that really aren't necessary. And I'm telling you that, you know, a burger from one of these fast food joints isn't necessary. A, they've got enough fucking money. Okay. B they really don't care about you. If they did, they wouldn't feed that shit to you. You know, that's the truth. However, I can be caught walking into a, you know, a local like, you know, barbecue joint and buying. I'll tell you a huge shout out Saddleback Barbecue Lansing, Michigan. Fuck it. I love those people, man. Matt and Travis, they're doing a hell of a good thing. And I'll tell you why. This place helps out their community. Okay. Um, Gaylord, Michigan had tornadoes last year. These guys cooked food and took it up to people that lost their houses and shit like that and took care of the community up there. They didn't have to do that. Then well, a while back, they're, they're, you know, they're alumni from Mason, Michigan over here at the high school and whatnot, pretty local, okay? They went through and paid the entire lunch bill for all of the students for the rest of the year at, at the high school there. Oh, wow. you know, local restaurants don't do that shit. You see my point? And so yeah. now they're helping other local businesses. A while back, I sat down with Matt and Travis, okay, at a local Capital Barbecue, you know, Capital City Barbecue. Now, it's really amazing because this amazing Vietnamese woman runs this. She runs it by herself, y'all. She's a straight-up chef. Let me tell you this. Like, I was like, oh, my God, that's I, I, a rock star to me, man. I, I fangirl about people like that. You know, she's an entrepreneur. Now, not too long ago, like right around the time of the pandemic, her ex-fiance slash boyfriend stole the phone line from her okay cell phone if you will and she wasn't able to get a majority of her to go orders because covid you know so she wasn't open anymore her business tanked the community wow. came around her and brought it back up and so she needed help you know once again you know just times were tough and boom they did the same thing and that's my point i mean where else can you go you can't go to a fast food restaurant and get you know uh baby back ribs with like you know spring rolls or like you know creme brulee with like you know uh chicken fa you know what i mean so it's like having that mixture and having it made authentically i will never ever go back to a to, to a pando express you know i'll never go back to a, a you know a, a huge chain i'm gonna stick that shit out local and honestly like i said local people's where it's at that's the truth <laughs>
If you're tired of choking while you're token and those harsh hits that make your throat feel like it's on fire, I've got a solution for you. Everybody loves a nice bong, but how about something better? Well, although you may not have heard of it before, I want to put y'all in the know about smoking lamps. A smoking lamp is a device designed with similarities to a bong, but easier to clean with a larger globe. That means more water to filter cleaner smoke and deliver more flavorful, robust hits to your lungs. And did I mention it's more durable too? You can check out the wide collection of smoking lamps at unionsquarelamps.com and use the code SMOKE2SMOKE for 25% off. That's S-M-O-K-E, the number 2, S-M-O-K-E, for 25% off your future purchases. I've got a piece crafted from a Kraken Spice rum bottle that I've been in love with since my first toke. If you want to get in on the action, use the code and check out the site. Enjoy! Before we get back into today's episode, we gotta take a quick smoke break. Today, I want to talk about a strain that happens to be a spooky, citrus-infused throwback to Ghostbusters 2. If you're ready, let's light up and break down some Ecto Cooler. Ecto Cooler is a sativa-dominant cross of Gorilla Biscuit and California Orange that's got a skunky, funky aroma that's also reminiscent of rotten oranges and diesel. It's got a flavor, despite all this, that's surprisingly sweet like citrus, although with a hint of gassiness to it. After a session with Ecto Cooler, my mind felt highly fuzzy and unfocused. I was uplifted and energized in a very playful mood, but not an overly giggly mood, and highly euphoric. It was one of those types of sessions that made you very simple-minded as a person, not easily angered, but easily amused by surrounding sensations. Medical cannabis consumers report that the effects of this strength Paired with the strains higher than average 15 to 20% THC level, make it ideal for combating symptoms associated with chronic pain, depression, fatigue, insomnia, mood swings, and stress. The dominant terpenes in ectocooler are myrcene, followed by humulene and linalool. That's all I've got for the smoke break. Now let's get back to the episode. Now, before we finish off today's interview, I've got some more questions for you, just so the listeners at home can get to know just a little bit more about you. I mean, at this point, I'm not sure that they want to, but yeah, let's go. Okay, okay. I just, I just, I just. <laughs> so, first off, what's your favorite strain? Um, ooh. I feel like that changes a lot, but I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very convinced that Dozy Doe's really good, and although I really, really like Dozy Doe, I'm a Durban Poison man. That's the truth. Um, I love me some OG Durban Poison, like, and when I say OG, I mean like, like straight Durban Poison. Um, I've got a few geneticists and, and people that are growing it up here, and uh, we like to do a lot of trades back and forth. And I don't mind going and laying down you know, some good money for some Durban poison either, you know? So although I want to say dozy doe, Durban poison for sure. Okay. Okay. Next. What's your favorite movie? 
fuck. Um, not a movie. Yeah, not a movie. Although it should be. Uh, <laughs> however, Kevin Smith did do like a docu series on the history of uh, fornication under the command of the king. Uh, oh. It was an HBO special for a while, I believe. Hosted, narrated by Kevin Smith. It was pretty interesting. I'll tell you how old it is. It was back when Kevin Smith was fat. Oh wow! Yeah, he'll say the same thing. Um, Pre heart attack, really. But it was it was quite a it was a while. Ago. It was like two thousand two, I think. Oh. Um, my favorite movie. So I consider myself a cinephile. I understand that's like being a foodie of film, but I'm actually creating films. So I guess that kind of, you know, once a foodie starts cooking, is he really a foodie or, or she or they really a foodie or are they now a cook? So, you know, give me the graces, if you will. Um, being a cinephile, you know, I don't just have one. But if I had to say, oh, man, my favorite movie Eh, fuck it. The menu. It just, the menu is out now. Go see it. It's on HBO Max. Watch it. The reason it's my favorite menu is because I'm a chef at heart. It's because I will always forever be a cook, whether I'm a home cook, whether I'm cooking, period. That will ever reign supreme. And I'm telling you, every piece of, what's the word? Lore. You know, every piece of just every thought it's in this it's in this movie so everybody it's right now the menu people okay. hate that movie i don't care it's great okay okay next do you have any hidden talents what can you do i have this innate ability to um lament on ad nauseum about things and it's extremely obnoxious to people um at the same time you mix that with my somewhat attempt at you know a witty cynicism and you get left with just another white dude (laughs) (laughs) you know that's the truth um no i i i have this innate ability of just kind of picking up on vibes right and being able to i wouldn't say predict it because usually it's like a precognitive disposition really because i'm just gonna like oh that's cool but like i i'm really good excuse me judge of character um very musical. I sc- I sing in the shower, you know. Um, you know, when asked with this, like I, I, you know, I, I remember this question, and I was like, "What the fuck do I do? Like, I don't really seem like I do actually like anything special, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, it's real. I don't really. I don't think that I'm superior in anything. And I'm not saying everything that I've said is right. And I'm not saying everything that I said is wrong. You know, I'm just." trying to influence a thought, you know, and that is the truth. And yeah, you have to play devil's advocate sometimes. And I guess it's just an innate ability to kind of keep it real. You know, if if I don't really want to like, you know, take the easy road out there, but that's the truth. And that's a lot harder than a lot of people these, you know, can, can handle these days. And I mean, yeah, everybody can play an instrument. Hopefully if not learn one, you know, grow weed. That's cool. You know, I don't really do anything special, but like, I don't know. That is a real that that for me is a tough question. Okay, uh, <laughs> you well, know, really, um, like you said, just having the gift of gab, being able to read the room, that alone is just a hidden talent. Because there's a lot of people who don't have the common sense to just understand the situation that's going on at play and come up with a response that's really appropriate at the time. I mean, thinking on my toes has really gotten me, you know, through uh, numerous years of a short order of cook. You know, you really have to 
especially if somebody's modifying the shit out of something you created and you don't have time to sit here and make a grilled cheese over the side of blah, blah, you know what I mean? It's, it's being able to think on the fly like that, you know, being able to, to work under pressure, I guess it's kind of cool. I mean, I could have joined porn. I guess it would have worked working well under pressure is something I do best, but I didn't really feel like exposing that much of myself to the world yet. You know what I mean? So I kind of took the easy way and uh, I want to speak through mediums that I know. And again, going back to video, I've known video my entire life. Um, I, I've just started learning the technical terms and things of that nature. And again, it's like if a foodie became a cook, a lot of them do, you know, a lot of foodies, you know, they think they know these techniques and the reason behind these, their flavor palettes and all of these things. But Again, if you watch the movie The Menu, it will show you what us cooks actually think of foodies. And that is the truth. You put any of them on the spot and they can't perform. Those that can, I wouldn't consider those people foodies. I would call them cooks. And so people that make good film, I wouldn't call them you know, cinephiles anymore. I would make them call them you know, filmmakers for all intents and purposes. And so you know, I don't really like to quantify things, man. I just like to keep it real. That's the truth of it, really. All right. So... What are your three favorite ways to get stoned? Oh, this is first and foremost. I love dabs. Okay. You know, I was up until like a few years ago, I only really smoked flour and, and ate edibles. Like I'd fuck around with a tincture because it was like, hey, you know, try this, get fucked up. Oh, that's neat. You know, uh, I had the capsules. People were doing those for a while, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is nothing but coconut oil, you know, or olive oil. This is dumb. Um, but then I was turned on to dabs and it was a whole different, you know, profile, if you know, flavor profile. Um, I like the terps on it. I just I like the high from it, the convenience of it. You know, my house doesn't smell like stale cigarettes, you know, and shit like that. Cause smoke is smoke. Right. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I like I like dabs first and foremost. And then I like really good flour. I do like that sesh where I can sit and just, you know, fucking looks like Thomas the Tank Engine, a smoke box in the room. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the truth of it. Like, I'll sit there and just sesh that way. Um, I do like making my own gummies. I like making my own gummies and brownies because then if I really need, like, a creative burst of writing, you know, or, or you know, some kind of idea or I'm going to be doing a pretty intensive interview, you know, with whatever, um, I'll smash a brownie, you know, ahead of time and, and do a dab. And then as it kind of like, as the dab wears off, the brownie kicks in and I'm just in a very amazing place. Oh, okay. So you, kinda, <laughs> you like to double up on your smoke then? Well, if we're going to be doing it medically, you know, um, I'm medicating just appropriate to, you know, my parameters of how I need to medicate for my, you know, medical condition. Yes, I said the word medical. And uh, if you say it again, it'd be a dollar. I understand that. But that's the truth of it. You know, um, if I understand that, OK, let's say I can't we're going to do film, you know, a video or we're going to do something I can't smoke on. Then obviously I'm going to smash some edibles, you know, what yeah. I mean, and, and take it accordingly. You're just dosing yourself. So, like I said, if I do, if I take eat a eat a brownie, drink you know some water, wash it down, take a fat ass dab. By the time that that dab is pretty much done, that edible is gonna hit me. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So here's the cool thing: cannabinoids and terpenes stack, meaning that the terpenes inside of the brownie will also stack as soon as on the tail end of that dab. You see my point? Mm -hmm. So you're not going to just be, you know, oh, I'm going to go from, you know, being high to, okay, whatever. 
you're going to get a little bit higher when the edible kicks in, depending on your digestive, you know, your 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 um, metabolism, you know, and how you digest it as, as quickly. Some people not as quickly you get the idea. That's why they always say it's approximately a certain number of hours. Um, and then there's nanotechnology that does it a little bit faster because there's the, the brain, you know, the blood barrier or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, whatever. My point <clears throat> If you're planning out your day, okay, you get up, you know, you get your coffee in you, people smoke a joint or something. I don't go straight to dabs. I don't dab before like noon, okay, because it's just, it's way too intense. It's like getting drunk at 10 a.m. I don't like that, right? So I'll drink my coffee, coffee and and a joint or a bowl. Love it. And then around noon, one o'clock or lunchtime, I'll take a dab and eat some food. You know what I'm saying? And then that'll run me through till, you know, a little bit later, I'll either take another dab, you know, or whatever. And then around, you know, clock out five, six o'clock, you know, you, you done for the day, if you will. You know, I might take a dab, then cook dinner, you know, and then I'll eat and then I'll probably take another dab before I go to bed. That's my day. You know, a lot of people are like, that's a lot. I'm like, not really. <laughs> it's really not. You know what I mean? <clears throat> yeah, for me, I think I take um, usually one or two dabs First thing in the morning, so contrary to what you say, I take it okay. probably five to ten minutes after I wake up just because that's usually when my pain is kicking in after my pain medicine has worn off from the night before and the dab from the night before. So I need something that's going to quickly make my scoliosis feel like it does not exist. Otherwise, I can't really move that well in the mornings, um, especially when it's cold weather like it is right now, too. Yep, yep. But, um, yeah, I usually have my dabs first thing in the morning. I might um, have another one around lunchtime or so. Um, usually that one's more aimed for, like, just loosening me up again. But that one's mm-hmm. more for appetite. And then finally one at the very end of the day, just because I've tried taking the pain medicine at that point, that's done a little bit, not much. So then I need the dab to actually wear off that, that edge of pain that I'm having so I can actually get to sleep and stay asleep. So what if I told you that everything you just described can be fixed by taking one pill in the morning? I'll explain. <laughs> so there's a, a substance out in the cannabis world called Rick Simpson oil or RSO as it's commonly known. Mm-hmm. It's a very high toler or very high percentage of THC, uh, straight cannabinoids. It's based, it's for cancer patients and for very, you know, high pain intense situations. Okay. Uh, I dabble with it because I've made, you know, some, some edibles with for cancer patients and, and it works for them. You know, um, I do this off the books for them as just a, a gift, if you will, and helps them, you know? And so, you know, doing the dabs, Hey, listen, if that works for you, that works for you, but I'm just going to, you know, again, influence just some research, if you will. But mm-hmm. if it helps your situation, then, then it helps your situation. There's people that they're, they'll get like an encapsulation or a little edible treat. I make brownies and, and muffins, you know, whatever I can pretty much, you know, put it into via fat. And I'll make these, you know, for these people and they'll eat a breakfast. And then after their breakfast is done, they literally, you know, because they can't smoke, you know, but they'll be fine throughout most of the day. You know what I'm saying? They'll, and it's, it's, they can take their other medications and stuff, but the, the, things that they're just telling me you know the 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 the, dude it's fucking it's it's emotional when they're like hey this is literally saving my life you know or this is you know i i'm hungry again or or i can i can mow the lawn today you know simple things that some of us take for granted 
you know, for, okay, and I say this not as an offensive thing to you, but sitting up straight, you know, simple things that certain people take for advantage, mm -hmm. some other people can't do, you know? Yeah. And so being able to just make it to where you can, you know, sit up as straight as you can, you know, that is my goal, you know, to help push you just a little bit, not break you, but influence you to believe in yourself enough, man, or you know, whoever the fuck, you know, needs it out there. Just heal and believe in yourself enough to go to that next level. Because here's the thing. If you just put a little bit of love or a little bit of, you know, just fucking little bit of like just faith into somebody a little bit of believe a little bit of just you know self-esteem into somebody and you pass it on it doesn't matter what you believe you're trying to help someone a hurt person is going to hurt people okay but a person who receives something that they didn't expect or or are nurturing or a little bit of care if you pass that on and you're able to pass that on to another person, we've all seen the commercial of the good deeds passed on for whatever insurance that was. My point, if it can heal you, you're going to heal others, yeah? Mm -hmm. There you go. All right. It's that simple. Now, next up, how long have you been smoking cannabis? A long ass time. Um... Oh... <laughs> 13 14 i think i was 13 like the first few times i tried it like i didn't continue like i didn't just pick it up right from there mm -hmm. um i didn't really count those times because it was like i didn't inhale i didn't i wasn't i was just trying to look cool and fit in with the older kids you know what i mean I, that, that doesn't count um and that may have happened more often than i want to admit um but the first time i ever smoked weed and got high my dad caught me. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a that's a it's actually a pretty good story. Um, so, my dad works midnights, right? And my mom was in Tennessee, actually, you know, visiting visiting family. We lived in Michigan. Okay, <laughs> I'm you know, sixteen at the time, and uh, just got my license. Uh, excuse me. No, I didn't have my license yet. My girlfriend had her license. That's what it was. And she was going to come pick me up. I had called off work and called in sick as we all normally do. We don't want to work, you know, yeah. and uh, they knew, but you know, whatever. I had a good track record. So they're like, yeah, I guess one night's not going to kill us. And so my dad, I heard my dad leave for work. All right. I'm excited for her to come over. No one's here. The dogs aren't going to snitch on me. I'm going to smoke a joint in the garage because if it's in the garage, I can open the door, you know, push it all outside and the house doesn't stink, you know, great. This is working out so far, right? So, you know, I, I go and take my time. I took a shower when my dad was gone. He got, you know, all spiffied up and stuff and waiting for my date, right? And I was like, I'm going to go smoke this joint. So I rolled what I thought was a joint. It, it, I assure you, it, not compared to how good I can roll now, you know, but, uh, you know, I rolled up what I thought was a joint. It worked. And, um... I'll tell you what, it was a two paper technique. So, you know, for those who know that, they'll know exactly what I mean. Mm -hmm. But I, I, you know, I rolled it up, went into the garage. So my bedroom was a three seasons room attached to the garage. So I had like numerous ways out of my bedroom. My parents knew I snuck out, but they're like, listen, no one's pregnant. He's not a heathen. He's not an idiot. He's a fucking nerd. We don't care. Thanks, guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, like, I was like, oh, your own parents threw you in the boat. Anyway, so. I, I'm, you know, everyone's gone, smoking a joint, waiting for her. Um, and 
then I heard the oh I, I I didn't hear the the front door open. I didn't hear my dad's truck pull up. The reason that I didn't hear my dad's truck pull up is because he had ran out of gas like up the road or some shit. Okay, oh. I don't know how far, but it was long enough. You know, it was like twenty minutes or something driving. So he just walked home. Okay, mm-hmm. because he left his his wallet at the house and ran out of gas. All right. By the time he got back to the house, I didn't hear him come in. So if you come in the back door, which was technically the front door because we didn't use the front door. Anyways, you come in the door, you would be facing, you know, there was a phone on the wall. I didn't hear my dad pick that phone up and call my uncle. And and my uncle was, you know, also worked at the same place as him. But he's like, hey, I need you to tell so-and-so because my uncle was still, you know, he was just getting off work, right? Yeah. He's like, I need you to tell so-and-so I'm not coming in today. You know, no big deal. My dad's the boss. He's like, yeah, tr- car- truck trouble, whatever. I didn't hear that conversation. I didn't learn that till fucking after. So I'm smoking, and he uh, he walks into the garage, oh. and he goes, what is that? And I turn around, and I exhaled, and I just – I instantly <laughs> – catastrophized it okay i did too i was like i'm going to military school um you know my girlfriend's coming over she this is going to be embarrassing why come on dad why aren't you cool you know all these things and and um it was interesting because he goes give it here and he and he didn't jerk it out of my hand like you know and stomp it out i was like oh hell the devil you know all of that he instead throws it in his mouth and takes what I can only describe to you as the biggest hit I've seen anyone take off of a joint ever. I shit you not, okay? We're talking when this man exhaled, I locked eyes with him and saw just the the, the smoke of smog, you know? <laughs> you know, this just bellow out of this man. And so he smoked it a good halfway down. I just lit this damn thing. You know, maybe one puff off it. Oh, man. Then he throws it down, smashes it, and goes, it's shit. He's <laughs> like, he's like, don't let your mom smoke, catch you smoking that shit. He's like, and don't fucking tell your mother. And then he leaves. Well, damn. So hang on, hang on. That's not where the story ends. I go, okay, wait. I'm like three inches away from pissing my pants right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, you know, my girlfriend's supposed to be here any minute. So I need to tell her to not come over because I'm pretty sure I'm in trouble. So I go in my bedroom. My dad shuts, you know, he's not in my room. Mm -hmm. I pick up my phone, you know, landline, and I call her. I'm like, hey, don't come over. I just got caught smoking weed. She's like, are you okay? I was like, I don't know. She's like, keep me posted. And I hung up the phone. So I waited like an hour just sitting in my room contemplating how I was going to get out of this. You know, and I was like, yo, I'm going to say this. Uh, I'll run away. Fuck, I'll run away. You know, all of these things. Like, I was like, oh, shit, I'm fucked. All of a sudden, I hear this banging and clanging, like, in the kitchen, like, like a hurricane's in the kitchen. I'm like, what is going on? Now, mind you, my dad used to own a restaurant with my mom, you know, in Tennessee before we moved. Oh so he knows his way around a kitchen, okay? And, you know, we all do, right? So I'm like, the fuck is he? What's going on? I, I What? I go in there. This man has every cabinet open. He has, <laughs> he has opened up like unopened jars of pickles. Like this is just, <laughs> he is stoned. Okay. He has sliced ham, everything. The oven's on. He's boiling water. Like, I don't know what he was making. Cause I don't think he knows what he's making. <laughs> I find him. We had two, you know, the open side by side fridge and it's, and he, uh, I, I, I find him just, you know, 
standing there just eating cheese, like shredded cheese out of the bag. And like, I walk up, I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, oh, hey, what's up, man? Like, my dad doesn't say man to me. He's very stern. Like, he doesn't like me, let's be honest, okay? okay. And so when my dad feels really relaxed, he goes, hey, what's up, man? He's like, no, man, I ordered a pizza, dude. It'll be here in a minute. I was like, huh? He's like, yeah, you want some pizza? Like, it was the most, like, nicest that I've ever remembered my father. And I'm like, okay. And so then I was like, uh, sure. He's like, yeah. And so then, you know, you hear that, eh, which was the doorbell. And I'm like, oh, shit. He's like, yeah, that's probably the pizza. Go get it. I was like, all right, cool. And I'm like, why is my dad being nice to me? You know what I mean? Like, this doesn't make any sense. And so then I go out there and I didn't open the door instinctively. I was like, what the, I, I just, I had this sense of something. I'm, they're trying to pull a fast one. What the fuck? And then all of a sudden, before I get to the door, because I was, you know, on the other side of the house, I hear boom, 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 police open up. And I'm like, no. So I'm like, my dad was nice because he called the fucking cop. He narked me out. <laughs> so I looked through the fucking, like, right before I could get to the door, my uncle kicks it in with the pizza. He goes, oh, I'm just shitting you. He's like, you probably pissed your pants, huh? And and slams the door. And I damn near pissed my pants. Oh my so God. he called my uncle. He was like, hey, go pick up this pizza on the way here. He's like, Rodney Stone, let's, you know, let's fuck with him. And that's exactly what they did. <laughs> Oh my god! Well, I, I love the way it turned out. You took us all over the place with that story, but oh yeah. my god, that would have been just yep. nightmarish. Just my me. mom to this day, uh, you know, she she passed away in 2018. She never knew that story. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> never. Wow! Wow! Okay. Yep. Okay. Now, um, before we finish off today's show, I've got just a few more questions for you. We're almost at the end. So if you could have one meal, then you'd eat that meal every day for the rest of your life. What would it be? One meal. Hmm. Now, I do have a question, and I'm not trying to, like, you know, break apart the question. But does a meal count as courses or is a meal as just, like, one food? Um, One food. Okay, one food. Okay. Because if you have a meal, I mean, shit, I can do different courses of shit. That's awesome. One food. Hmm, the rest of my life. An egg. Okay. An egg. You can do a lot with an egg, so interesting. That's the point. Yeah. I mean, for every pleat that there is in the, in the traditional, there's over 100 pleats in a traditional chef's toque, which is the hat. For each pleat, that represents a way to cook an egg. Did not know that. So it, yep. <laughs> okay. If you were a superhero, what would your name be? Oh, man. The transmission. Okay. And tell us why. Because I would have the ability to, like, time travel. Okay. And, like, warp through, like, planes of space and shit. So, like, think Doctor Strange, but just smoking weed the entire time. Ah, Doctor Smoke. (laughs) Yeah, 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 if you will. But I don't want to say, so I'll just call myself the transmission because, like, I can just, like, you know, bandwidth or, like, a radio signal and stuff like that. Um, I mean, there's a lot of energy that passes through that. For example, there was a a person overseas. I want to say it was in Africa. I want to believe. And uh, 
they he built uh not only a battery but a vehicle like a helicopter that ran on radio frequencies oh wow yeah and so like they would they charged up the battery and the batteries actually l- held a lot longer than they ever could have possibly predicted or imagined <laughs> and and it's i mean come on is this a, a vehicle on radio frequencies are you kidding me yeah that's crazy it is nuts that's why i was like that's crazy as shit and then once you look into that into like you know the whole quantum physics of it and superposition and all of that just waves and frequencies and things yeah transmission would make sense okay okay yeah kind of deep and elbow dropping into the you know a little bit of theories there but it sounded cool to me i, I like the name i like the concept <laughs> i like it all yeah mm. now thank you finally for my questions can you tell the listeners at home how to find and follow you online yeah, yeah, yeah. So YouTube.com, you know, Deliciously Dope TV, The Daily Chronicles, you're going to find it. It's going to pop up. Um, on Facebook, uh, you can look me up, you know, Rodney Leinhart. I'm not the one with the picture of the lion. I don't know who that is. That's a fake profile. Um, you'll see my face in my sunglasses right there. Add me. Follow the shit. You know, uh, it's on Facebook. Like I said, it's on Twitch. We're on the Weed Tube. Huge shout out the Weed Tube. If you love everything weed and shrooms and all of that, theweedtube.com or on your phone under Pipeline. Uh, Pipeline and the Weed Tube are a little different. It's being worked out now, but you know, with the cohesion of those two things, you're gonna get uh, a really good coverage of an amazing platform and social media. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it for now. Oh. Until we can get like you know our own little, I think television channel, unless television's on its way out the door, in, in which case maybe not. Honestly, television <laughs> might be on its way out the door. There's not like everything just seems like it's straight to stream now. I see. I disagree, and I'm gonna blow your mind with this. Okay. So, what if I told you that cable exists the exact same way? It costs just as much, and it's doing the exact same thing. However, however. It's not analog anymore. It's all just streaming. Yes. I'll explain. So back in the day, you would have to go to DirecTV, which is a satellite provider, or Comcast or something, and purchase a cable package. Mm-hmm. You can still do this, okay? And that's one thing. And you would get certain lists of channels and certain access to things. Well, those companies have found, oh, it's not convenient for us to do that. You know, we're changing all of our systems anyways. And with the success of thing, you know, digitization like Netflix and streaming, streaming platforms, they found that they can create their own apps, put it in front of everybody, especially on their phones, and basically get the exact same amount from you each month, a little bit more incentive, you know, for them, direct to the customers, if you will, um, by charging you a small subscription fee. Now, if you add up all of the services and streaming platforms, like, you know, uh, let's say even YouTube has its premium, you know, mm-hmm. add all of that up, it's going to be more than your cable bill would have been. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's it, just a way for them to do that. My point, that is your cable bill now. You're actually paying more for convenience instead of going back and watching these things on cable. Now, a lot of people, sadly, pay for both. Um, they're going to take your money. I need you to know that, but that's not the smartest thing to do. And I don't think that I really need to explain why. And I hope that a few people can see this and be like, oh shit. And then figure out your, uh, your, your overhead from there. Yeah. Um, no. so here, since, um, it's such a small town there, we don't have a lot of, um, cable providers. So if we want internet, we have to get cable. So if we want to stream stuff, we have to have that cable already. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. You can get it separately. Don't let them lie to you and say that you can't. I, it doesn't matter who they are. If they offer it to you at a discounted rate 
with the addition of cable, then they have to give it to you at that rate. I don't care if they say it's part of a package or not, because that would imply that if they're, you're just using your cable, that they're billing you at a different rating cycle because you didn't go with the choices that they gave you. You're not really giving them any choice. At that point, they're not going to argue it. They're just like, fine, discount your bill adjustly, and you can get just internet. You do not have to have cable. Don't let them tell you that. Hmm, okay, might have to try this out. We'll see. <laughs> But, um, yeah, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. We had such a delightful conversation. We touched on a bunch of different topics. But, yeah, thank you so much for just sharing your show and everything you do with my listeners. Absolutely. I, dude, I had so much fun. I really did. It was, this is probably one of the best interviews that I've had in a while. It really was. It was very chill. Um, I think that, you know... I think that you're doing a great thing. I really do. I like the smoke to smoke. You know, when I start seeing things with Miss Cadabra pop up, I'm like, well, that was one of my favorite Pokemon. So this is just like, this is just what I want to do now. I dig it, man. I really do. Like, I think it's, it's probably, I don't want to say like serendipitous, but like really good vibes. You know what I mean? Like uh, damn near close to serendipitous. Well, thank you so much. I'm glad that I could bring the good vibes to you. I try not to have such a strict uh, talk show type of format. Really just try to have a nice conversation like you have on your show. Hey, that's that's what it's about. And that's where the fun's at and the, and the influence. I think your influence is going to far precede anything that you thought potentially possible. And I, uh, I applaud that. Well, thank you. And well, um, tell us one more time when and where we can catch the show. You can catch me on the Daily Chronicles every Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. All right. And everything will be linked in the show notes for listeners that are interested in going over to check this out. So thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I will see you around. All right. Cheers. Hey you! Yeah, you! Do you have a question you want to ask or do you want to submit an idea for a future show? Email me at smoketosmoke420 at gmail.com or send the show a voice message on Anchor FM. Please be sure to give the show a review and share this show at your next smoke sesh. The podcast email will be included in the show notes. Also, did you know that after a long time coming, Smoke to Smoke is finally available on Apple Podcasts and everywhere else you stream your favorite shows. That's right, the show is now right alongside with the best of them. And don't forget, for the latest updates when the show airs, sneak peeks into my cannabis adventures, and for educational cannabis infographics, you can check out Smoke to Smoke on Instagram and Cannabuzz. That's going to be Smoke to Smoke underscore podcast. The podcast is still currently hardcore shadow banned on Instagram, so the best way you can help the show continue to grow is by word of mouth. Share the show with your friends and Canna family and let them know that they can now enjoy the show too wherever they stream. And don't forget to follow the show wherever you're streaming it right now so you're the first one to know when a new episode drops. Thank you for tuning in this week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Smoke to Smoke. I hope y'all enjoyed it. 
As a matter of fact, if you did, please be sure to review the show wherever you stream. And don't forget, if you like today's guests, be sure to check out Deliciously Dope TV and the Daily Chronicles on WeTube to see some interviews with more amazing guests from the cannabis community. Everything will be linked in the show notes for you to check out. That's all I've got for this week. To all my listeners near and far, no matter where you are, remember to smoke responsibly, and I'll see you next Wednesday.